So I'm going to introduce our speaker this morning. It's Dr. Matthew Widmer. I'm excited to hear him speak. He doesn't come up and preach very often, but when he does, his words are always laced with such wisdom. And uh, the Lord has poured his revelation wisdom upon this man. And wherever he goes, the wisdom of the Lord through him creates laws of health and healing, which are revealed by God for both physical and spiritual benefit. So today, let his words minister to you. And I welcome him. All right. Let's pray. Father, I just want to bless this word. Let it uh, come from you and not from me. Uh, Just bless this time. And I just thank you for this opportunity this morning on this beautiful day uh, to just be in your presence. Amen. So the, the title for this is Culture Changing. All right. And the scriptures, one of the, one of the main scriptures, so if you guys want to start looking it up, uh, I'm not going to read it till later, but you can start looking it up, is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. So that'll give you a little preview. You can jot that down and you can look it up as, I'm, as I get started here. Um, I know... With everybody traveling today, Apostle Tim and uh, Pastor Fred and Michelle, uh, you know, they're having some much-needed family time with their children, which is great. Um, they have been messaging us uh, throughout this week a couple of times, just letting us know how their trip's going. They're, they're uh, having some good times, not, you know, as anybody knows with travel, especially with the airlines right now, there's some always some delays and some challenges there, but they're having a good time, and um, they send their love to you guys, so... Uh, we just continue to pray for travel mercies, especially with the airlines and <laughs> light delays and everything else. So, All right. So culture changing. First thing. So whenever uh, the Clausens come, they talk a lot about culture because one of their main missions and their main giftings that and messages that God has placed on their heart is really restoring the family culture because as the family goes, so does culture, as they like to say, which is very, very true. Um, so whenever they come, I'm always stirred up and reminded of culture, and we're all called to different areas of culture. We've talked about that, the seven mountains and the different areas of influence, and a lot of what we've talked about over the last several years um, and the messages that the Clausens bring a lot of time really ignited us a lot into the culture realm. Um, so... I'm always re-stirred up whenever they come about culture. And this is uh, something that's kind of been percolating in me for a little bit. So hopefully it kind of ties several different things together, but then maybe takes a different spin on it. We'll see. You guys will decide. All right? But the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of define culture. All right? So we talk about culture, but what is culture? Well, the definition of it is... Customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a nation, people, or social group. That's kind of what makes up culture. So to summarize in a different way, it is collective thoughts and beliefs as a group or a people. So collectively what we think, what we believe as a community, as a state, as a nation, uh, as people, that is our culture. Um, 
which is why you find so many different cultures out there. Because there's many different regions, many different peoples, many different belief systems and thoughts about things. Um, what is considered to be normal and abnormal. All of these things play a role in culture. Okay? So, one thing that has made this country very special from the founding was that we purposed as a people to have a particular culture that was set on the godly idea of freedom. All right? Never before in the history of mankind had this godly idea of freedom been so ingrained in the culture of the people of a, of a particular nation. Maybe small little groups of communities or small little peoples had the beliefs, had the ideas, and we know that they did because there's lots of writings, some of which, several of which, were used in the founding of this country. Okay, But really, at the core of what made this country very special was based on godly ideas of freedom. And you'll hear a lot of people debate, are we a Christian country? We're a Christian country from the beginning. Many different people of different faiths were at the founding. So was it really Christian, or was it this, or was it that? Really, it doesn't matter to me what their professed faith was at the time that they founded this country. The importance was that if you read the founding documents, there is a God-given idea of freedom permeated through that to establish a culture of freedom for this country. All right, And that was a new thing. That was an amazing thing. And something that we continue to reap the benefits of to this day, uh, assuming we want to protect it. Okay? But it did not come from a particular religious sect or, or a belief system. It came from God. Okay? All right? So it... And that, and really, that godly idea of freedom that set up the culture for this country, it was never necessarily intended. You know, we like to say, America, we're special and we're the greatest and all that stuff, which, you know, wonderful. I, I like to say that too sometimes. But God doesn't think that way. God didn't set up America so America could be the greatest. He found a people that were willing to sacrifice for the culture of freedom. And he poured into it. But really, that's available to anybody in any part of the world, in any nation, in any country, because God's culture transcends nations and religions and peoples. It's God's culture. All right? We just happen to tap into it at that point in time in history and set up a nation with it. But God really wants that to transcend country and borders and be a worldwide culture of freedom as the Colossians like to point to the garden, in the garden there was a culture of freedom. They were naked and unashamed. There was freedom there. There was no shame. There was, there was no barriers, no restrictions. They communed with God face to face in a very free and open fashion. All right? It is a culture of freedom. All right? All right. So at this juncture, both in our country and in many countries... We really have a cultural crisis, okay? Because we have forgotten a core belief and thought process that drew us together as a nation. And because of that, we're fighting with each other. Because we've forgotten what brought us together. 
In the beginning, we, if you go back and you read our founding documents and the things that were written at that time, they did not all believe it, everything that each other believed. You know, Thomas Jefferson didn't believe everything that John Adams believed, and Alexander Hamilton didn't believe it, George Washington didn't believe everything. You know, they didn't all get along all the time. Right? They didn't, they didn't get along all the time. But at the core, they grabbed hold of this belief and this idea of godly freedom. They had that at their center. All right? We have lost or are losing this core culture, this set of ideas and beliefs that kind of are a thread that tie us all together. And when that happens, we start to infight. We start to lose sight of, you know, that we're all on the same team. We all have a set base of core values that we believe in. And so now we're fighting, right? Because we're from different cultures and we don't like your culture and you don't like my culture. And so now we fight with each other. Okay? That sets up a cultural crisis. And it's not... It's not great when it's nation against nation. It's really not good when it's inside your own nation. Uh, if you want that nation to stay together, then it's really not good. Okay? God is calling us to heaven's culture. Alright? So this is not a rah-rah, you know, bring back America culture. Which is not wrong, but there's better. And America's culture didn't create this country, and America's culture is not going to save this country. All right? If God's culture started it, then God's culture is going to bring it back, revive it. All right? Help to qualm the infighting and the, uh, the, just the loss of identity, the loss of self that we're experiencing in this country and in many countries. Again, I don't, I'll speak to America because that's my frame of reference, but really God's culture is designed for the world, not for just America. Okay. So God is calling us to heaven's culture, was not, which is not necessarily American culture or European culture or Israeli or Middle Eastern, etc., etc. It's for all people and any people or nation that want to grab a hold of it. And they'll be blessed. And it sounds like a huge undertaking to reshape the culture of America. Or pick your country that you feel called to. Reshape the culture of that country. That sounds like a huge undertaking. And on the outside, it really is a huge undertaking. Okay? But what I, I feel God really wants to impart today is not so much that we need to look at a nation and say, let's reshape the whole culture of this nation, all right? which is not wrong and not, and not something that I wouldn't recommend you pray into. But for today, let's bring it a little closer to home. And let's start with the mind of each one of us. Because we can't reshape the culture outside until the culture inside is, is reshaped. Okay? So let's start there. We are created to follow our dominant thoughts. A lot of times you'll hear what's on the heart. 
right? Our, and our thoughts. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, at least part of it, it says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. All right? So whatever is inside, whatever thought, whatever ideas we have that are ingrained on our heart, okay? Again, whatever culture I would say that you have within yourself, that's who you are. Again, culture is collective thoughts and beliefs. Whatever I have in here as my collective thoughts and beliefs, that's who I am. Because that's what I'm going to do. Those are the actions I'm going to carry out. If I believe that all men are created equal by a God-given creator, if that's my belief and my collective thoughts, then that's how I'm going to act. That's how I'm going to treat people. Right? So, whatever's inside, that's how I'm going to act. And we're created that way. We're created to follow our dominant thought process. Now, we were created in the garden to have that dominant thought process come from one source. Our creator, our heavenly father. So that was the culture which with, with which we were created from the beginning. Okay? But as we know, lots of things have transpired since then. So what and how you think affects every one of your actions throughout your life. The way you think is the way you live... And the culture you create, right? My thoughts and beliefs, I tend to pass on to my children, and I create a culture in them that they carry with them. Now, they can change those thoughts and beliefs as they get older and formulate their own thoughts, right? But a lot of times, we inherit a culture from our family generationally, okay? So we have the ability to create culture. God made us creative beings from the beginning. We can create culture. That's why we're in his image and in his likeness. That's that creative power we have. Okay? Keep this all in mind. God's intent from the beginning is that your thoughts and actions are influenced by his word. Okay? In Luke 4, verse 4, it says, Man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word of God. This should be normal for us. That's the culture with which we should have. All right? That our thoughts and actions are influenced by His word. We live by His word. We assume a lot of times that the way we think or what we believe or the, the stuff we see around us in our community, the way we were raised, that's the normal culture. And that is typical for a lot of us to believe that way, especially when we're kids. Like, this is normal. This is all we knew and, and have known. So therefore, this must just be how every society, as we get older and we travel places or we hear about things or we read news stories, especially nowadays when we're so interconnected worldwide we quickly realize, wow, there are way different cultures than my own, and I'm, you know, this isn't just the way everything is, all right? But, really, none of that is normal unless it lives up to what God's culture says is normal. And what we all should be striving for is 
God's culture and what God has set forth as his thought process and his his mind, his beliefs, his thoughts, okay? That's the culture of heaven that we should be going after. All right. So let's go to 2 Corinthians So here's the process, right? We want God's culture. We'd like to change everything. That would be wonderful. But we need to start with changing here. We need to get God's culture first. All right? Then, as we're getting that, let's read what 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever our obedience is complete. That's the New American Standard Version. Uh, which I wanted to read for you because I like what it, some of what it has to say, but then I'm going to also read it out of the message because I like some of what it has to say. The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we do not live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. That's powerful. It starts here. With every thought taken captive and saying, does this measure up to the culture of God? All right? That's where it starts. Paul talks about being equipped to deal with the thoughts that don't live up with his word. All right? As Amy said it last week, who told you that? Right? As our kids say stuff, as we say stuff, as we have these random thoughts that pop into our brain about us, about the culture that we live in, about what's around us, it's okay to say, who, t- who told you that? Whose thought is that? That's what it's about by taking every... That phraseology is, is in essence, taking every thought captive. Who told you that? Where'd that come from? Whose thought is that? Okay. Take every thought captive in your mind and and in your realm of authority. I'm going to expand it. We've, we've heard people talk about taking every thought captive in your mind, and, it, and that's what the scripture says. But Paul in here goes on to not just talk about making sure that you're walking in culture, but crushing all of the fortresses and the strongholds and 
bad philosophies of the culture of the world. So it's not just for you. It starts there with you. But it's really for changing culture. As you're in your realm of authority, and we all have different ones, and a co-worker or a friend or somebody says something, well, who told you that? That's not truth. That's a lie. Well, that's just the way I believe. Well, we need to believe the truth. That's part of your culture, but your culture needs to change. And it's not... And and this is where we do it with relationship. That's why it needs to start in your realm of authority. All right? I wouldn't just start randomly going out unless God tells you and gives you that realm of authority to do so. But just start randomly going out and yelling about everybody's culture. Christians do that. And that's why it's of no effect. Because they have no realm of authority in that world. They're not speaking mistruth in that they're pointing bad fingers at all the bad culture. But they have no authority to change it. Alright? So start first in here and your realm of authority. Russell, as you go out on your route, and that's your realm of authority, and you hear these guys in these shops say stuff, and you're like, well, that doesn't line up with God's truth. That doesn't line up with God's culture. It's perfectly okay to say, who told you that? That's not true. Here's the truth. And it doesn't mean that every time they're just going to be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And they're just going to suck it up. They might go, well, whatever. I don't, you know. But it's continually doing that. It's walking it out day by day. It is crushing. All right? God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground for every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. That's what we have available to us. All right? And we need it periodically. No different than everybody else. I'm not speaking as one who has attained every aspect of God's culture. There are still things in my life, but what it has opened my eyes to is when things keep coming back, okay, who told me this? What lie am I believing that makes me keep coming back to this bad culture? Because there's something. I mean, I could keep flogging myself for falling into these wrong culture thought processes, I could do that, or I could say, where's the root of this? Where's the lie that keeps my brain coming back to this wrong culture? You know, who told me this? Strongholds are thoughts and beliefs, they're culture, that take root in your life or in the collective culture, in the, in the lives and the thought processes of a group of people, a nation, all right? that are contrary to God's thoughts and truths, and therefore they're lies. Strongholds are lies that we've agreed with and given structure to. That's what they are. Pretty simple and straightforward, not always simple and straightforward to take care of, but simple and straightforward, that's what a stronghold is. It's it's something, a lie, that you've given structure to in your own life, or as a group of people in a community like Genoa, or a state, or a nation, or a world that we as a group have believed. 
the world is overpopulated, therefore we need to restrict births and we need to do da 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 That's a lie. From the pit of hell that some people in the nation, some people in the world, some nations, i.e. China, grabbed a hold of and implemented very strongly and said, we're not going to allow you to have this many children. But that's a lie. Nowhere is that in Scripture. Nowhere is that of any truth. In fact, the exact opposite is true. God from the beginning said, go and fill all the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. He never rescinded that. He never came back later and said, okay, stop, stop now. Don't do that anymore. I mean, that's a mandate from the beginning. It's a lie. But it's a lie that whole nations have grabbed a hold of, whole groups of people. It's become a culture to some people, and they spout it as if it's a truth, but it's not. And there's a lot of things out there like that, that just get spouted as a truth that really have no basis in heavenly culture, but they've been spoken so many times, and maybe not even just in recent history, maybe going back decades, 100 years or more, that they're just a lie that we don't even know where it came from. But it's been so permeated into our culture that we just believe it. We take it as truth. Those are the things that need to be rooted out. Those are the strongholds that need to be torn down. And the beautiful thing is, is that our weapons are not earthly. We don't have to take axes or guns or explosives and blow up these things. Okay? We don't have to create a mob and go around and destroy statues. We use our heavenly weapons to tear down these lies. Okay? By believing the lies, we give Satan stronghold. See how that worked? Nice. On your activities, your behaviors, and your habits. Okay? So by by believing those lies, we give... And the more we believe it, the more structure we build around it, the more stronghold we give him access to our life. We heard last week, you know, Satan was in the garden but of no effect until we gave him authority to be of effect in our lives. That continues to this day. There is no difference from back then till now... The only access he has to your thoughts in your life and to control or influence your habits and your activities is by agreement with the lies that are created and building up a structure around that. And the more structure and more belief, the more ingrained in your habits it becomes. You know, we give it a fancy word nowadays of addiction. And there are substances out there that are very addictive. But the more we use those substances, the more we ingrain that habit into your life, the more addictive, the more difficult it becomes to tear it down. Not impossible, but the more difficult it becomes. Okay? You wake up every morning, you have your morning poo, right? It's hard to get your body out of that cycle if you need to. It's a very silly, but it's true. If you're one of those people that wake up and you're very regular, try going a day or two without doing that. It becomes very difficult to retrain your body not to want to do that. We're creatures of habit. 
It's true in our thought life. It's true in our physical life. It's true in our spiritual life. We're creatures of habit. Okay? All right. Now I want to go to Romans 12, verse 2. This is out of the New American Center. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Alright? So how do we prove what the will of God is? His will, his thoughts and his beliefs, his culture. We do that by having our mind renewed and transformed. Okay? Renewing the mind changes behavior, which in turn tears down strongholds and transforms culture. It starts here, and then it starts by doing replicating that within our realm of authority in the people that are around us. Whether your realm of authority is your family, your work, wherever your realm is. We all have them. We've, we've talked about them before. We Identifying your realms of authority you know, we don't just do that for fun. There's a very uh, applicable, practical purpose in identifying your realm of authority. Is because that's where you start. And everybody's realm of authority is here. You all have that at least, right? And then many have others. Changing culture starts with renewing your mind. And then speaking truth to yourself when need to as well as those in your realm of authority and bringing down heaven's culture here on earth. That's the bottom line. My hope this morning was to really bring together, again, we hear a lot about culture, we hear a lot about changing culture. I wanted to give more of a, how do we do that? What does that mean? What does that look like? And some of these scriptures I've read many times, and I've heard even preached on, but I've never heard of I've never heard of it in a culture aspect message. Um, and when I think I think when we look at these and we hear about them, I've always taken these personally. You know what I mean? Which that's great, and half of it is intended personally. You know, renewing my mind and tearing down strongholds. But I, but how does that look? How do we do that? So I'd admonish each and every one of you this morning that you have heaven's culture available to you, and heaven's culture is really just God's word and God's truths. What does he say about you? What does he say about this situation? You know, what does he say about what you're struggling with? What is the truth? That's heaven's culture. Heaven's culture is true. You have all that available to you. Grab hold of it. And then when you look around and you go, oh my gosh, the rest of this is a mess too. Because you're looking at it through a nude eyes. In, in the past, you might have looked at your work situation, your home situation, your own current life situation and thought, this is normal. This is how everybody lives. Right? Everybody deals with this garbage. It's just normal. And we accept a lot of things that are normal, that aren't intended to be normal. They're really abnormal. They're just common. And so we call it normal. Because we want to be normal, so we just say, well, this must be normal. You know, none of us wants to be really abnormal, unless you're counterculture and then you love it. But, 
Most of us want to be normal. And so if every if we see everybody around us, if this was the way we were raised, we just call it normal. And then we're good. We just put the stamp of normal on it and we're good. But what we need was God normal. And maybe the way you were raised and what you believe is God normal, great. More power to you, and, and that's really what we should be striving for. We should be striving for creating a family culture that is God normal. And again, that's the whole Clausen's message, and I don't want to re-preach their message, but that is something we should be striving for. Because if we replicate that, then that will replicate earthly culture into a godly culture. So that's really but all right, we're not there yet, or you know, how do I how do I exponentially grow that, right? I can't go around to everybody's family and change their culture, but what can I do? I can take my realm of authority and I can work to actively change the culture there. And then those people will take it back to their families and their families will take it into their realms of authority and it just starts to grow. It becomes an apostolic mission, which is really what this work is about, is being an apostolic center. And an apostolic center doesn't necessarily mean that we have 2,000 people here in church gathering with us all the time, but it does mean that we're affecting the culture of tens and hundreds of thousands of people all throughout the world. That's what it does mean. And whether there's 2,000 people here, which would be awesome, I'm not speaking against that, or whether there's 20 people here, that doesn't mean the impact that we can create as an apostolic center is any less by changing culture. Right? Father, I just want to pray right now that you would work this into our hearts and our minds. That our belief system, our thoughts, uh, how we think would be changed to God culture, to heaven's culture. Because as our thoughts and our beliefs are, so are our actions. What we put our belief in, we put our importance in. And Father, we just ask and submit to you this morning that we want to have our actions and our beliefs geared towards you. We want our actions to be what you want in your culture, in your heavenly culture. Not just for our own building up, though we all want to be built up. We all want to be more like you and more like what you created us to be in the garden, but also so that we may see culture change around us, in our family, in our work, in our community, in our state, in the nation, in the world. We want to see healing, Father. We know that the infighting, that the back and forth and and the lies is not good. And we sometimes feel powerless to to do anything about it. But God, you've given us the tools, the God-given tools to change culture. And it starts with receiving your culture and speaking truth. So let us start there, Father. Just give us the truth. Help us to work it into our lives. Make it a part of our belief and our culture so that we can then spread it out wherever we go. And that's what it's about. That's how we change culture. That's how we tear down strongholds. But we thank you for that, Father, and we just bless you in its name. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for coming this morning.
If anybody needs any prayer or if anybody needs anything, we'd be happy to pray for you. Um, but otherwise, if not, then enjoy your week and be blessed. And the A-team will be back next week, I believe. So.